this opportunity to speak today. Thank the Lord for our pastor. God bless you. For the worship service that has gone forth. Amen. I just ask that you continue to pray for me as I prepare to share the word that the Lord has given me on today. For that powerful name, Jesus. It's a wonderful name. I ask that you would turn with me to St. Matthew chapter 21. Right. I'll be reading verses 18 through 22. Right. You might want to go ahead and find St. Mark chapter 11. And we'll be reading verses 20 through 24. Like David, I'm grateful to see my daughter, grandson, and off in the service today. Matthew 21, verses 28 through 22. I'm reading from New King James. It says, Now in the morning, as he returned to the city, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves, and said to it, Let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Looking at Mark chapter 11. Verses 20 through 24. It's basically a, a, just another passage of scripture about the same thing, but I just wanted to read both of them. Right. It says, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. From these passages of scripture, the Lord has given us the topic, not the mountain, but the mountain mover. Not the mountain, but the mountain mover. Lord, our Heavenly Father, we come to you this day. Thanking you, Lord, for the portion of the service that has gone forth for each song, each prayer, Lord. And now, Lord, we're coming to your word. 
Just pray, Lord, that you will speak through me to Heavenly Father. Help me to Heavenly Father to be open, Lord, to allow you to just express to Heavenly Father what you want your people to hear on today. And bless each and every one, Lord, that are here to Heavenly Father. It's in your Son, Jesus' name, that we come and that we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Not the mountain, but the mountain mover. Now, I pray that this message today, that in this message, I can get over to you all to not to focus Mm -hmm. on the mountain. Don't focus on the problems. Don't focus on the worries in your life. Don't focus on your, your trials and your tribulations. But shift your focus to God, who is the mountain mover. And in my study, I, and, uh, in preparing for this message, I came across this. And this is Bill Hybels that writes this. He says, and I quote, How do you pray a prayer so filled with faith? That it can move a mountain. He says by shifting the focus from the size of the mountain to the sufficiency of the mountain mover. And by stepping forward in obedience. So he's saying shift your focus from the size of your mountain to the sufficiency. Sufficiency means the ability, the resources, or the amount that is enough. Or the adequacy of the mountain mover. And by stepping forward in obedience. Bill Hybels go on to say, I challenge you to shift the focus Mm -hmm. of your prayer. Amen. Don't spend a lot of time describing your mountain to the Lord. He knows what it is. Instead, focus your attention on the mountain mover, his glory, power, and faithfulness. Then start walking in faith, following his leading, and watch that mountain step aside. So the topic today is not the mountain, but the mountain mover. And I want to show us through scripture today different mountains that the Lord had to step aside for his people when they called on his name. First of all, I want to go to Joshua chapter 6. And some of you, when you get there, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. Joshua chapter 6. We'll read verses 1 through 5 of Joshua chapter 6. It says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war, You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. 
then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. Now you see, the, the city of Jer- Jericho was a walled city. My Lord. And they had determined that Israel was not going to be their master. They had determined, the people of Jericho had determined that Israel will not master us. We have a walled city. My Lord, and by determining that, they said nobody will go out, nobody will come in. And that says we're going to stay in our walled city. But the Lord had determined that Israel will be their master and that the walls would fall down without any of his people using one tool or any military operations. He was going to have the wall to be removed. All he needed his people to do was to be obedient. March around the city one time each day for six days in silence. And then to march around the city seven times on the seventh day. And they were to shout when they were told to shout. When they heard the long blast of the ram's horns. And when they were told to shout with a great shout, he said the walls would come down. See, God appointed this way so that his power would be magnified. That his strength would be exalted. Let, let's, let's look at verses 15 through 20. But it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early. Uh-huh. About the dawning of the day and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. Mm. On, the, on that day only they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time it happened. When the priest blew the trumpet, that Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction. It and all who are in it, only Rahab the harlot shall live. She and all who are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And you, by all means, abstain from their cursed things, lest you become accursed when you take of the accursed things and make the camp of Israel curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. The wall fell down flat because the people of Israel obeyed the Lord. You see, the Lord was wanting his strength to be exalted. Not, not, not testing the strength of tools and of military might. But he wanted to see if his people would do what would seem foolish for people to obey. Foolish to just walk around the city in silence once every day. And then walk around seven times. 
but not make a, a sound or a shout until you're told to shout. That kind of sounds foolish. But the Lord told them to do it and to believe in him. And he said the walls would fall down. And the people of Israel, they were, in essence, you might say, foolish enough to do what he told them amen, to do. Amen. They obeyed him. Mm-hmm. Walk around the city. And when they shouted, when Joshua told them to shout, the walls fell down flat. Yes. See, the Lord removed that mountain. It seemed like, you know, we can't get in the city. Nobody's coming out of the city. We can't even be right there by the gate for in case somebody comes out to sneak in because nobody's coming out. But the Lord fixed it to where the walls fell flat and everyone could just walk in. Took the city. Only person was saved and her family was Rahab. But they took the rest of the city. So we need to consecrate on the mountain mover, not the mountain. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 17. This is another familiar passage of scripture concerning David and Goliath. First Samuel chapter 17. First, I will read verses 1 through 11. It says, Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered at Sukkoth, which belongs to Judah. They encamped between Sukkoth and Azekah in Ephrath Damon. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, And Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley between them. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had a bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a shield burial went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man from yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, They were dismayed and greatly afraid. Saul was the king of Israel at this time. He was the leader of Israel at this time. 
But you notice in verse 11, it says, When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. The leader was afraid. So his people taking his lead, they were afraid. This Philistine, he was, in essence, a mountain. It says he was... Um, his height was six cubits and a span. And when we look at that in our feet and inches today, it said it means he was 11 feet, four inches tall. Now, to me, that's a mountain. He was a mountain that disdained the people of God. But according to David, he was an uncircumcised Philistine that defied the armies of the living God. And David knew that he could step out and stop him in the name of the Lord. As you read in the chapter, you know, David's uh, older brothers, they were there as part of the army. David was a shepherd boy, but his father had sent him with some food for the boys and like check on them and everything. And David heard Goliath you know, defying the army of God. And David, he inquired about it. And his oldest brother, he kind of fussed at him. You know, you, he's just a shepherd boy. He don't really know what he's talking about in essence. You know, but David knew the God that he served. And he knew that, you know, this man is defying the living God. And he, he needs to know, in essence, who God is and what God can do. So let's look at verses 31 beginning with verse 31. It says, Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for them, for him. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth. And he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. See, David was saying, you know, these things that he's saying to me, he's just like that lion and that bear. You know, I have proved myself against the lion and the bear. And I can prove myself against this uncircumcised Philistine. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear. He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. See, David said, you know, my mountain moving and already done delivered me from two other mountains. And so he can take care of this mountain. And then it's like he made Saul believe in him. He said, you know, go and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. 
David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Yes, sir. Then he took his staff in his hand, yes. and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog? that you come to me with sticks. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. That there is a mountain mover in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling, and a stone, and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, and drew it out of his sheep and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. David said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. He let the Philistine know the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. David slung his slingshot, hit Goliath in the forehead. Then he went and took Goliath's sword and beheaded him. In the name of the Lord, the mountain mover. See, David showed his obedience to God by going up against the giants with the thing that the Lord had equipped him with and allowed him to prove himself with. 
you know, Saul tried to dress him up in his armor and stuff. But they said, I can't move with this stuff. I haven't proved this stuff. But he knew that slingshot. Got his slingshot, his five smooth stones, but it took only one stone to bring down the mountain, Goliath. Don't focus on the mountain. Focus on the mountain mover. Finally, let's go to Acts chapter 16. Beginning with verse 16. Acts chapter 16, beginning with verse 16. Now it happened as we went to pray that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing psalms to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called out with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. The Philippian jail 
to Paul and Silas was their mountain. But they didn't focus on the jail that they had been thrown in. They had been beaten, placed in the inner prison, their feet fast in stocks. But what did they do? They didn't sit there and moan about, you know, Silas didn't say, Paul, if you just would have left that girl alone, you would, you know, she was saying it, but you didn't have to say anything, you know? Yes, go ahead, go ahead. Silas could have been telling Paul that, you know, you could have just left her alone. Now these people done beat us, we sore, but no, they didn't focus on that. They didn't focus about the beating. They didn't focus about the sore body. They didn't focus about the stocks around their feet. They focused on the mountain movement. They began to pray and to sing hymns to God, praising God, singing hymns to him. And God moved their mountain by sending an earthquake, an earthquake that opened all the doors of the prison. That loosened everybody's chain. But more so, it was an earthquake that freed the heart of the keeper of the prison. But see, when he awoke and he saw the doors open, he just knew the people had done ran out. And he knew the Roman people and how they would do. And so instead of him going before them and, and saying, you know, all the prisoners got out, He was just going to take his life. But Paul would not let him kill himself. He told him, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. All the prisoners had heard them sing and heard them pray, but not one of those prisoners ran out when the doors were open and their chains were loosened. And to think that he was the keeper of the prison, had them put them in the inner prison, probably, you know, didn't think much of them when he put them in there. My Lord. But he came and he said, sirs. Yes, yes. That, that's an honor term. Mm-hmm. Sirs, Lord, what must I do to be saved? Mm-hmm. And they, they could have said, you know, look, now we saw. You know, you, you done beat us. But they took that opportunity to share with him the gospel. Yes. And even not just him, but his whole household. My Lord was saved and baptized that night. They took that opportunity, and we need to take the opportunity. When someone wants their soul set free, take that opportunity to set them free. Paul and Silas focused on the mountain mover. They didn't focus on the prison, their mountain. And we need to do the same thing. In each and every one of these situations, God showed up and moved the mountain. People were being obedient to God. And they did what he said. And if we do what God says, then he will be our mountain mover whenever we need him. And I just want us to remember what Bill Haber said. He says, I challenge you to shift the focus of your prayer. 
Don't spend a lot of time describing your mountain to the Lord. He knows what it is. Instead, focus your attention on the mountain mover, his glory, power, and faithfulness. Then start walking in faith, following his leading, and watch that mountain step aside. Saints, don't focus on your mountains, but focus on the mountain mover, being obedient to him, giving him the honor the glory and the praise and watch your mountains step aside. It doesn't matter what your mountain is, whether it's a walled up city, whether it's a giant in your life, whether it's something that's kept you captive or in prison. Your mountain is no match for the mountain mover, our God. Be obedient to him and your mountain will have to step aside. Maybe sit.